on, everybody? My name is Gabe. And I'm Matt. And welcome back to another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And really welcome back. Uh, as you may have noticed, we have been uh, non-existent for the past couple weeks. And uh, it's Matt's fault. Yeah, my roommate uh, <laughs> got the COVID, so I got uh, I got to sit in my apartment for a week and a half and not interact with anybody face-to-face, so that was super fun. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> and uh, in light of that, I originally had thought that it was only going to be roughly about a week or so, and uh, it turns out it was two weeks. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't really have time to plan or plan, so... It, it was a very sudden thing that happened. It was just like my roommate. Yeah, you 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 hit me up with this information on Wednesday, and we normally record on Thursdays mm-hmm. before the release. And um, yeah, so it it just didn't happen. So nonetheless, we are back. Um, for this episode here, we're gonna be breaking down, just kind of uh, going over what what has released in music. This is not gonna be a comprehensive episode because we cannot mentally handle mm-hmm. three weeks worth of music for this. Yeah. Uh, as well as this would be like close to a three hour podcast if we tried to. Yeah. So this is gonna be kind of more of a shotgun lightning round. Kind of we're just hitting the uh, the big things that have come out and just giving our breakdowns on them. But before we do that, Matt, what have you been listening to lately? So honestly, in the uh, kind of quarantine, for a lack of a better way of saying it. I didn't end up listening to a lot of music. Um, I will say there are a couple of the songs that were uh, that we'll actually be talking about this episode that I ended up coming back to quite a bit. Uh, ended up just going back to a lot of the same stuff I've been coming back to. A lot of Brand of Sacrifice, Lorna Shore, just a lot of deathcore. It just... It just really scratching that itch some more like anime openings just kind of like scratching that itch but it's just hey does it chonk let's go that's okay. about what i was listening to mostly what about you uh, i have been on the exact opposite end of the spectrum oh. i've been listening to a lot of third wave ska <laughs> <laughs> what caused that to happen um honestly i don't know like i just less than jake popped up on my rec- my recommended mm-hmm. and I've talked a lot about my music history. Um, I don't really know that I've ever brought up a lot about my ska past, but like that was like my first introduction to non-worship music when I was growing up as a kid. And like when I say kid, I mean I was like seven or eight. Okay. When I was introduced to third wave Christian ska, which arguably is really terrible. Uh, Bands like the W's, the OC Supertones, the Insiders, Mm -hmm. and so on, which I still have a really warm place in my heart for those, but I can objectively say that they are not good. Um, (laughs) That being said, ska from what it comes from, um, the third wave is obviously the, the worst just because it's kind of like the third iteration of it. But your second and first wave stuff is just phenomenal. I've always mm-hmm. kind of just had a really soft spot in my heart. Um, but Less Than Jake just kind of popped up and it just kind of went down the rabbit hole from there. Okay. So I was listening to a lot of them, uh, especially today. But bands like the Streetlight Manifesto, Mighty Boss Tones, mm-hmm. Real Big Fish, and, and so on. Goldfinger, Mustard Plug, all those guys. Sounds like it's almost like a guilty pleasure for you in a way. It is, but I don't feel guilty about it. See, a guilty pleasure of mine is kind of Kesha. Uh, I, I feel like we've talked about this yeah, before. Oh, yeah, we, we've talked a little bit. Like I, I love Kesha, and it's it's one of those things that it's kind of hard to come out, but at the same time, I also just let it come out. Whereas Ska, there, there is a very obvious reason, because a lot of it's rooted in punk, and that's kind of a lot of where my background lies is in punk yeah. and hardcore. And so it's just kind of the popular version of it. That's yeah, no, that's completely fair. But yeah, that being said, let's go ahead and uh, move right ourselves on in. That didn't make sense. Let's go ahead and move ourselves right on in to uh, talking about some singles uh, kicking off here. So uh, Matt, what's the first single we're going to talk about today? 
we're we're just gonna rip this one off. Polyphia drop playing God. <laughs> oh my God! I one of the comments I had seen on this song is somebody said I don't even play guitar, but I went to a guitar store and bought one just so I could throw it in the garbage, like something kind of along that realm. And yeah, no, that pretty accurately one hundred percent tracks. Yeah, yeah. I, I so this one here was kind of unique in that. Um, while it normally it still follows the normal Polyphia kind of style where it's mm-hmm. very intricate, very show offy, I guess yeah. would be the best way to put it. Um, but they did it all with uh, on guitars with nylon strings, mm-hmm. and so that's going to be kind of um, the the best example of that outside of this song would be like uh, your Spanish songs. Oh yeah. Um, so like they have that kind of very warm warbly kind of sound to them, mm-hmm. and so he did this all on those, and those guitars are not easy to play. I believe they're the the necks are a lot thicker. The strings are further set apart, uh, and and the way that their harmonics are introduced into them aren't the same way that your harmonics would normally be introduced into mm-hmm. like a regular like an electric guitar or an acoustic guitar. And so for him to be able to do what he does normally on a nylon string guitar was just that much more impressive. Yeah, um, I'm not 100 percent certain if he was using like a a uh, a traditional nylon string guitar, which is going to be like your fatter uh, Spanish love song kind of song yeah. kind of guitars. Um, he may have just put nylon strings on uh, on a, a, a one of his normal guitars. Mm-hmm. That being said, there's still not easy strings to play on. This man is too good for his own good. Yeah, Tim Henson. If you could, and it's really like catchy. Pass. It is, and it it reminds Polyphia in a way. It reminds me a lot of Animals as Leaders, where Animals as Leaders is a little bit more on the like genty side, but there's still a catchiness to the very intricate guitar styles. Where Polyphia is, there's kind of a metal undertone, but it's it's a lot more in the. I, I would say more on the poppy side as opposed to animals as leaders. Yeah, your poppy, trappier kind of uh, drum and bass driven. Yeah, but yeah, and I 100% agree with you there. That being said, I'm honestly on poly- uh, like on Polyphia side as opposed to animals as leaders. Right. There's just something about it. It just kind of is one of those really easy listening mm-hmm. until you just start really listening on the intricacies of it, and it it just really shows the mastery behind his his, his talent. Playing, yeah, yeah it, it is phenomenal unreal next up uh one of the songs that i kept coming back to over the uh course of the quarantine lorna shore has dropped more and will i can't get enough of will ramos uh so the song is titled sun eater and it it doesn't capture the same lightning in a bottle like to the hellfire did but there there's a very uh, resemblance to it that Again, Will Ramos just is like, hey, let me show you what I could do because guess what? I can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's one of those things that, like, I don't know that really they can do uh, to the Hellfire again. No. Because that was an introduction. It was showing off a vocalist who was better than their already good vocalist who mm-hmm. pees on people. And <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I feel like that one there was just kind of one of those that it needed to kind of come out to really show off what they could do and push them back to the forefront after they're overcoming uh, the obstacle that CJ had kind of left mm-hmm. in, in the ashes, I yeah. guess. I, I don't want to say that like CJ's actions really kind of burnt Lorna short of the ground, but it definitely left a bad taste in people's mouths. Um, so for Will to come through and be able to do what he did with To the Hellfire, I feel like that was kind of a necessary step for them to regain that traction since he left. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that being said, this song is still a banger front to oh, back. It's like, it's it is bl- beautiful. Just mm, mint. Yeah. It, it, it is, re- realistically, it's the definition of black and deathcore. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just kind of paves the way and shows kind of what is being done with a genre yeah. and kind of the direction that it's going to be going next. And what I thought was kind of interesting about Sun Eater compared to other black and deathcore stuff and even going back to uh, the And I Return to Nothingness EP that Lorna Shore did, Sun Eater, the... Um, kind of elements in the back, the the orchestral sounds sounded a lot more triumphant and sounded very much Yeah, the like mixing sounded happier. a lot better on this one. Well, yeah, not the mix, but it also, as opposed to sounding like kind of dreary and kind of spooky, is it oh. sounded very triumphant and very happy, which was kind of a, a surprise to me considering just what other bands have done, but it worked really well, mm-hmm. and I was like, actually really stoked about it. I understand what you mean now. Yeah, Um just to rehash on my point, then um, the yeah the the mixing was a lot better with this one mm-hmm. than it was in in the uh, Return to Nothingness EP. Yeah, um, I feel like that one there it was having struggle with definition. Mm-hmm. Um, this one here, I feel like it's becoming a lot more clearer. They're being able to balance yeah will with the instruments, with the orchestral background, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, they're all distinctly different parts, but they're able to mesh a lot better. Whereas with the Chief of Hell or um, with a, and I return to nothingness EP, I feel like it was having some issues with that, and it felt like the instruments were trying to overtake his voice. Yeah. So I feel like they've kind of ha- found that balance. Yeah, with this. kind of found found the the middle ground for sure. Uh, taking it down just a hair, um, we'll move to a uh, in hearts wake, which is W two H A, or uh, as the song puts it, "Welcome to Hell A." I really enjoyed this one. It. It speaks a lot about the kind of current landscape, and you you can't even go so far as to say it really speaks on just the last at least 20 years, and oh, I did not expect myself to like this song as much as I did, and to be completely honest, I plan on going and listening to other material by in hearts wake for sure these guys have always kind of just been on my radar i've i've been seeing them in concert since they really started touring in the mm-hmm. u.s um just because they were on different label or different bills that i was going to see um but at the beginning of 2020 they released an album called Kaliuga, mm-hmm. which i if i remember correctly it has to do with like an eight-armed indian god uh, okay. or, or or an Indian deity of some sort. I'm not 100% sure, certain on the uh, the lore behind it. Right. But um, that album is phenomenal, and I don't know why I was always so hesitant on going into it. Um, but it, it re- really just kind of, th- this is a good continuation of what they were doing there. Um, so they also did a, uh, a small interim thing. They uh, they called it the um, Kaliuga Booster Pack, mm-hmm. which was basically just like a, some extra songs. I don't know if it was B-sides or just bonus tracks in general that they released since obviously they weren't able to do anything in 2020 and yeah. 2021. Um, <laughs> so they, I, I, I like the idea of it being called a booster pack instead of a, uh, a bonus disc yeah. or something like that. I, I just thought that was fun. But so they did that and then going into this, like it just really kind of goes into more of this hot and cold that they kind of play vocally. Mm-hmm. Uh, we they, So they're a, a two vocalist band. They have their clean vocalist, which I believe is their other guitarist. Okay. Uh, but possibly the bassist. I'm not 100% certain on that because I'm trying to go from memory. And uh, then their their screaming vocals are their, is the uh, the front man. 
and they've always kind of played this hot and cold dichotomy between the two and i feel like they're finding a really good balance because i feel like prior to like especially with like Earthwalker and sky shaper sky dreamer i can't remember the name it was basically a dual album release that they did which it was okay. really cool but they it was really uh separate between the two there was your your clean vocals and your clean spots for those vocals in a normal place that anybody would expect in a metalcore song in your choruses and, yeah. and sometimes a softer second verse or a first verse that was soft and a heavy second verse. Right, right. I feel like they in Kaliuga and moving forward here, they've started to really blend those pieces together. And I feel like this is a better direction for them, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. No, it, it, it was a really strong... Um, I'm sure I've heard bits bits of their music before, but as a an introdu- a proper introduction to them, this is a very very strong thing to strong way to do it. So yeah, uh, the the song I've on. been obsessed with by them from Kaliuga is a song called "Son of a Witch." Okay, um, I'm just gonna kind of poke, poke this out here because I can. It's my podcast and I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the song is based off of so the. The main, the the screamer, the that vocalist, mm-hmm. his mother actually is uh, a Wiccan, and oh. had received a lot of issues um, as a result of that. And uh, I, I, she was a Wiccan or a tarot card reader or some sort, and so she, he just had like residual issues of that. And the, basically, the song is him coming to terms with that and coming to terms with her conquering those issues that she was having because apparently it was an issue down in in Australia at some point, Jeez. which is where they're from. I'm can't say i claim to know anything about it yeah the only thing i really know about australia is scott morrison pooped himself in a mcdonald's in the 90s which was their old prime minister and they lost a war to emus twice Uh, (laughs) that being said like the it hits this line in the song um that i'm the son of the witch that you failed to burn and like it just hits different. Ooh. It's so good, and I'm just like I'm gonna shut up about the song now. Uh, Matt, what are we talking about next? <laughs> Dude, ugh, we're, we're I mean, honestly, we're just gonna get right into the nasty. Um, Spite dropped a new song called oh Hangman. My God, they did. Oh, oh, just one word. Oh, Spite cult man. Yeah. It, so Darius has this frantic aspect of his voice mm-hmm. that really i feel like he's playing into a lot more yeah um and it's it's so cool they were here recently unfortunately i wasn't able to see them but uh i i was uh, my buddy took videos and was sending them to us and just showing us this man's stage presence he is one of the best stage presences i've ever seen and i can only imagine it's felt that much more live oh i has to be yeah, yeah. The, the the band is nuts they're uh they're out on tour right now go see them they're gonna be out on tour again apparently uh that's to be announced though uh yeah the super cool go check them out spite is phenomenal hangman is just the third single they've released so far off of this upcoming album yeah i'm very very excited about uh hearing some more of that uh continuing the train of the nasty <laughs> uh bitter bliss dropped a song featuring 1056 um it, the song's titled family slash enemy um for those who may not be familiar 1056 is the new band for i believe his name is aaron uh formerly of uh, betraying the martyrs and 
which is much better than betraying the martyrs is now. <laughs> Dude, like there there's no reason this song needs to go as hard as it does, but oh my god. Yeah, it goes from 0 to 10 and I guess 0 to 60 would be the proper way to mm-hmm. say it. It goes from 0 to 60 nothing flat and the song ends the same way. Like you just you it slams on the brakes, sends you through the windshield and then it's over. Yep. It is heavy through and through. I've never heard of these guys before. They're definitely on my continue to watch list. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the only reason they actually hit my radar, and I know I had talked to you about it, but Nick Nocturnal, he's just kind of my plug for all the new stuff. So, Nick, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. You're a homie. Nick, if you're listening to this, for the love of God, give us a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're so sorry that it's us. Um, yeah. But no, like re- he... The vocalist of Bitter Bliss is, I believe, either a mod or a homie of Nick's. And he's like, bro, we dropped this heavy stuff. And Nick kind of sat there and he's like, bro, it can't be that heavy. Like, this can't be the heaviest thing I've ever heard. He puts it on and... And was immediately wrong. He, he literally <laughs> was just like, he's like, what? what is my life becoming? Um, bonkers. Just absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Matt? Let's do this here. Let's take a break from the good. And let's go deep dive into some bad. I'm not ready for the this. first that I'm going to deep dive into is a Skylet Drive's new song, Sucker. Mm. So I'll be completely honest. I don't understand what's going on with them anymore. They're the original lineup, but it's with Jag instead. And Jag owns the rights to the band, but if he's calling it the original lineup. I don't really know. So, yeah. So to tr- to try and... I, I, I dove into this very little, so I'm going to try and explain this as best as I can from the information that I had gotten. So, so before you do this, if you, did, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint this picture. Are you familiar with that robot that is leaking oil that looks like blood and it keeps trying to scoop it up because it's only it, it, the only thing it knows is that if it goes, it dies and it keeps going and it's getting more and more unmanageable? No, I don't think I am. Okay, well, it's a really disheartening, and I've never actually like felt like crying for a robot before until I saw that. I'll show it to you later. Okay. But that's basically what the the trying to scoop up this story is. Yeah, it's trying to fight a losing battle with all of this weird nonsense. It's like we're trying to scoop it in and make it concise. It's just not happening. Yeah. <laughs> so so try as quickly as I can like explain it is there was a statement released by what, who was I supposedly the actual original lineup. So it was like Corey Bryan. The original vocalist, Nick, and somebody else. You know more of their names than I do. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, oh, yeah, we're back. We're the you know um, original uh, A Skylet Drive is back. And I was excited because when I grew, you know, kind of growing up in my, my scene phase is I was a huge fan of A Skylet Drive. And honestly, I mean, we all had those soft spots in our hearts for, uh, for Wires. Like, yeah. It, it was just kind of just a natural thing that everybody knew songs mm-hmm. from Wires and knew that they liked it, whether they yeah. liked it or not. <laughs> and there was something about, and I believe it was Brian White was his name. It, it, something about his voice was he managed to be a heavy vocalist without being a heavy vocalist. So I he was managed just, to do what Kellen Quinn is still not able to do in my eyes. Yeah. And so then I'm like, okay, cool. So like it's the OG lineup and Jag was supposed to be doing a band by the name of Signal. Correct. 
And then all of a sudden, Jag was like, oh, yeah, Signals has actually become a Skylet drive. And that's about where I have no idea what happened. There's, It's a hot mess. I tried looking it up. I found very little information. So good luck. I found very little information that matched up with anything else that I had read before. Yeah. Basically, ultimately, I think it's just Jag owns the rights to the band name. That's probably what it is. Um, now, talking about the actual song itself. Dear God, it sucks. It's the, literally <laughs> the only thing good about this song is the instrumentals it's the the instrumental was wasted on a song that was this the instrumentals reminded me most of bring me a war that uh, skylar drive did on their 2015 record and yeah. it reminded me uh, a lot of like that that riff sounded a lot very similar and i was just like okay this is sick and then the song actually like happens and i'm like okay this can just go away yeah so this does feature an artist by the name of abstract i think he's a rapper or something i'm not on really yeah. 100% sure i've never heard the name before um that being said like that was really realistically the best part of it which yeah. this is kind of like sing-songy rap part that was the second verse mm-hmm. but According to their Facebook page, because somehow I interacted with them enough that they keep popping up in my feed, thanks algorithm. <laughs> I wonder how that... I, I'm genuinely curious, like, what interactions you had that caused this. I, I have no idea. I, that, I truly have no idea. Oh, no. That being said, somebody on there posted auto-tune much or something along those lines. <sighs> To which the band replied, nope, it's all jag except for the, the bridge, which has some obvious effects. It, I have never lie. heard a more processed vocal that wasn't like Lil Wayne. Honestly, I, th- I want to say, because we actually listened to the entire song, actually almost the entire song, and about 90% of it, both you and I were like, this is processed. This is insanely processed. Yes. I understand that I am not really much of a clean vocalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to backtrack on that. I am not a clean vocalist whatsoever. I can't sing to save my life. If my life depended on it, I'd die in a heartbeat. Uh, that'd make two of us, but continue. I can tell vocal processing to at least some minimal degree, mm-hmm. and this is processed to oblivion. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking, th- saying that they could, they're trying to get away with that. Th- th- there, there really is no excuse for it. Like, this is 100% vocally processed, mm-hmm. more so than what a normal vocal processing would have. Right. Like, every, every song that you hear on the radio, every song that you hear that isn't just a local <laughs> band with somebody else trying to, to figure out how to mix and master yeah. and they're trying to get it off cheap, there's always going to be some sort of vocal processing. There's going to be vocal doubling. There's obviously going to be harmonies that are going to be set and mixed in the background. Yeah. There's going to be auto-tune that's applied on every single vocal, mm-hmm. ever. And that's okay, because that, that that is just taking away the slight imperfections that the human voice cannot really handle. Yeah. And it makes for a better overall listening experience. The best way, the best way to describe it, and I had said it to you, and you you would seem to have agreed, Gabe, is it almost sounds as like the way that they compress the vocals is it sounded like Jag was singing into a uh, paper towel tube, like it, it yeah. literally sounded like that's what the the voice was coming through, and it just sounded off and it not even off like oh you know he was having a bad day it's just 
unpleasant kind of off. Yeah, basically what they ended up doing is they perfected the vocals so much that it doesn't sound human anymore. Yeah. If Jag's a robot now, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) If Jag sounds like a robot in real life, then sure, you know what? No vocal processing whatsoever. Yeah. That being said, I have heard him sing in real life. Uh, This wasn't him. (laughs) Absolutely not. Uh, A good segue, actually. A former Skylet Drive member whose uh, current band dropped a new song Salem Trials dropped Ashes and Ember. Um, the former Wait. member is Mike LaBelle, who was the uh, screaming vocalist as well as, I believe, rhythm guitar. Uh, actually, the record that they did, Bring Me a War, that was with Michael LaBelle. Huh. Bro. I don't think I knew that. Uh, the only reason I knew is because the uh, Skylet Drive, had dr- I can't remember the name of the song. And th- Michael... As soon as he hit, it was Mike came into the band as well as Brandon. I believe Brandon was his name. He was a former drummer of Motionless and White. And it threw me off because you look at Michael LaBelle, who looks like a deathcore kid in mm-hmm. a Skylet Drive. And then you see Brandon, who looks, he still very much looked like he was still Motionless and White, but he's <laughs> in a Skylet Drive. So. It was, it was a very weird dynamic looking at a picture of the band, especially the performance. Um, I never actually heard Mike Lee or heard about Mike leave a Skylet Drive, but you know, I didn't see any. It depends on what version it. of it it is, I guess. Literally. <laughs> um, Salem Trials uh, dropped Ashes and Ember. And this song is murderous. Michael LaBelle continues to prove that he is an absolute baller, boss, bomb of a vocalist. And he is absolutely underrated and should not be underrated. Yeah. It it was a fantastic song. These are absolutely guys that I had no idea were Mm -hmm. needed to be on my radar. And now they are absolutely on my radar. Yeah. (laughs) And the... um, what was kind of cool about this is it felt very much like the kind of modern deathcore that we're getting, mm-hmm. but it still felt very rooted in the kind of classic deathcore. So the kind of 2006 to 2009 era, but it's that little, that twist uh, of the new, new era stuff that Definitely. just mm, spicy. It was extremely spicy. Uh, continuing on with the spice, uh, we had a brand of sacrifice, Featuring Ryo Kinoshita, which uh, he's from Crystal Lake, right? Correct. And uh, they dropped Demon King. So. It it has something to do with Berserk. That's that's really all I know. Um, (laughs) So this one is, I believe they did similar to what Brand of Sacrifice did with Lifeblood and Will Ramos. Mm -hmm. Most of the song was re-recorded with Ryo singing. uh, And I think there was just the occasional layer that they still kept Kyle's vocals. Yeah. You could definitely tell that it was a little bit weird for Rio. Um, being Chris, Crystal Lake, being from Japan, there's there's going to be a little bit of a language barrier. I'm pretty sure it, if if I'm in, speaking incorrectly, you know, I I apologize. But you could definitely tell that some of the pronunciations and kind of the way Rio enunciates the words definitely differ from Kyle. But due to potential language barriers and stuff like that. You know, I, I can't fault him. How Rio is able to create the sounds that he does, and he doesn't mimic Kyle, but there's there's almost a mimicry, so they're kind of... You can see that they can hit near the same levels of the different screams. 
it was it was yeah. really good. It was impressive. I I am constantly impressed again and again by Rio's abilities. Yeah, he's he's kind of a baller. What's the next song you want to talk about? Uh, let's let's dial back the heavy a little bit. Uh, okay. Let's talk about the new uh, My Chemical Romance song. Because uh, you know what, My Chemical Romance dropped some new music. Um, I I never thought this would ever happen in I, my yeah, lifetime. I genuinely never thought that this would ever happen. Like right. I, I I don't have any other way to phrase that. Like I just never thought that this was going to happen. But money prevails. <laughs> that it does. Yeah. No. All, all to all the elder emos I know were losing their mind. Like Krim, uh, the Asian Avenger. He's a magic content creator, and he he does uh, some additional stuff. He, I recall seeing him, and he's like, "Bro, My Chemical Romance is back." I know a, a number of folks who kind of grew up with them, and they were just losing their mind. the The song is called "the The Foundations of Decay," mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was released. It's about three weeks. Yeah, that ago. sounds about right. I'm, I'm no, I don't have the actual date pulled up. For yeah, me I don't, moment, unfortunately. Even. But yeah, um, I don't want to say it was the best song ever. Uh, just because it, it truly wasn't. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the hype is just coming from the fact that MCR is putting out new music again. Yeah. And that, that that's really the driving force behind it. That being said, it's still a decent song. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't follow normal My Chemical Romance kind of tropes that they no. originally did. Um, it's a lot more progressive and I don't want to say indie, but kind of indie. Yeah, I definitely um, do get the indie vibes off of it. That being said, I still enjoyed it. Um, it just it doesn't strike the same chord. And obviously, I can't really truly expect that it would. Here we are 15, 17 some odd years later. Mm-hmm. It doesn't strike the same chord that Black Parade does, um, which arguably is their most popular album. Yeah. And I'm curious to see what they do next. I Obviously, I'll hold reservations until I kind of really get to fully experience that. Yeah. If this direction is going to be the direction that they primarily go with, it'll be fine. Um, it'll and they'll still get the hype because at the end of the day, they're my chemical romance. Yeah. Did you so to to go on a brief tangent, but still kind of aligned with this? With your your kind of we'll call it scene phase. Did you grow up with my chemical romance? So I came in a little bit after them, just because of my sheltered upbringing. Fair. So they were one of those bands that I was aware of, but I didn't really know mm-hmm. what they were until probably a few years after, like their when they were really big. Okay. Um, I didn't get super into them until a lot later, and okay. I began to appreciate what what it was that they were doing because I kind of went through this secondary emo phase afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we all do at some point, but yeah, yeah. So I I really got into them at that point. Okay. Uh, so the reason I ask is I didn't. Um, my, as I was actually driving over here, I kind of thought about what my scene phase was and it was kind of the, it was kind of a low dip. It was my scene phase ended up just being like, okay, is it a 2009 Vans Warped Tour metalcore band? Yes. I was probably listening to them. Like, and, and, and a that's lot of the probably the ones. direction I more went. Whereas, like this, the secondary phase, I kind of began re- re-exploring all the music that my music had come from, right? Uh, and and began appreciating that a lot more. But I, I definitely am in the same boat there with you, mm-hmm. just because that that's just kind of where I found myself. Yeah, and I my, my first introduction uh, to my chemical romance was off of vi- off of a video game. It was like MX versus uh, ATV oh, off road. Really? Oh, okay. okay, they had the song. Uh, 
oh shoot, uh, House of Wolves. Oh, gotcha. Which okay. Still to this date is is my favorite My Chemical Romance song. I love okay. that song. Um, but that was my first introduction to them. I was like, these guys don't sound anything like what their name suggests. Mm-hmm. This seems really cool. I'm gonna check more, and then I just kind of devolved into it. Okay. Um, to to kind of you know sum up Mount, what's your point? <laughs> I. Before this song came out, I knew of two songs by My Chemical Romance. Black Parade, just because it's been yep. memed on so hard the last couple of years, and Teenagers. And because it was actually... Teenagers. Yeah. Uh, and part of it was a couple of buddies of mine. This was probably about 2016. It introduced me. And this was... I would probably say 2016 was about my second emo phase. It was where I started getting a little bit more into like pop punk, punk, and just some of the mm-hmm. non-metal stuff. I listened to this song and I didn't enjoy myself really. It was it was an okay song for the fact that it was a, a song, mm-hmm. but outside of that, I don't really plan to come back to it. There there's something about My Chemical Romance that I've really just stayed away from and I, I it's I want to listen to them for the sake of like, hey, I have listened to the band so that way I understand why where the hype is. That's about where it ends, though, unfortunately. Fair enough. Uh, moving on there from uh, from that, uh, we have uh, two songs called Slaughterhouse. Matt, which one do you want to do first? Uh, let's do Chat Pile's song Slaughterhouse. Great. This song sucked. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, um, it, it the song just wasn't for me. So you said that. Uh, your roommate knows yeah. the guy. Uh, so my roommate is actually buddies with one of the members of Chat Pile. Um, they're a noise rock band. Uh, some number of episodes back, I had talked about kind of devolving into this kind of noise rock little um, rabbit hole that he had brought me down, and I vibed with it. I definitely appreciate what they're trying to do as artists and i yeah, i've definitely tried to look at music more in that direction mm-hmm. where it's like it's it's supposed to be an expression of art as opposed to just like hey it's a collection of people just doing a thing um it's kind of all over the place it's an experience that i definitely recommend um mm-hmm. even if it's if even if it's just listen through the song once just experience it just to kind of see what that animal is uh, it's it's neat yeah, we've talked about my issues with sound quality in the past, and that was probably my main issue mm-hmm. with this, is the mixing and the, the recording quality on this is really poor. Yeah, the um, mix is kind of Like, hearing, hearing the snare, it's got, I don't know if it was intentional, but it does have, like, this extremely quick, like, 300 millisecond delay, mm-hmm. uh, or that seems long, like, three millisecond delay mm-hmm. on it that happens, like, I'm brrrt, brrrt, brrrt every time that it gets hit and it just it really rubs me the wrong way yeah which which that's completely fair um moving to the better song named slaughterhouse is motionless and white dropped a new song titled slaughterhouse featuring is it brian is the guy's name from knocked loose i believe so um the vocalist of knock loose and ooh, ooh, it just they hit a hundred miles an hour and they just go, they just go, bro. Um, Motionless and White's record scoring the end of the world that's coming out, I believe the 10th of June or it's coming out soon. It's dumb. It's absolute. It's going to be a fantastic record. Yeah. They're one of those bands that kind of, I've, 
I usually kind of stayed away from because of the the crowd that they attracted. Mm-hmm. But the band themselves is actually really solid. Yeah, they basically take all the parts about Breaking Benjamin that I like and then just kind of put the edge on it, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I vibe with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, just to confirm, it is Brian Garris. Okay, uh, that's cool. the uh, vocalist. Yeah, it, most of, the more, especially as I've heard the last couple songs, this is probably the last thing I've got to really say about this is. The more I listen to Motionless and White, the more I realize that they're a band that I would put in my, honestly, top eight favorite, but just never... I kind of forget that they exist, but when I when I finally come back to them, I'm like, I why do I forget about these guys? Chris Motionless has one of the best voices, I think, in metalcore right now. All right. That's uh, that's that is certainly a claim. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, not not to really discredit that he does have a really solid voice. I don't know that it's one of the best, but um, I, I I do think he has a solid voice and he matches really well with what the band's doing. Yeah, They're, no, they do sure. a really good job. Which one do you want to talk about that next, there, bud? Uh, let's jump into Falling in Reverse. This one's interesting. It's called Voices in My Head. So. Here we see Ronnie Radke. He it feels like he's marrying the rap. Uh, I don't want to call it career. Let's call it um. Rap Sunday project because it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a it was a Sunday project. He had to clearly have been drunk on, but so Ronnie Radke did did some rap for a little bit. And uh, then that, obviously, I, forgot about that. That's I right. try to forget about it, but yeah. unfortunately, I live in this world in this timeline where he did. Yeah. That being said, he kind of marries that with the the falling in reverse style, and we kind of see a little bit of it um, when he was uh, when he kind of did like his rap singing in Zombified, which was the single mm-hmm. that was released in like October, I think it was. That sounds right. Um, and so we kind of see him doing that style again where it's kind of this like rap singing very rhythmic mm-hmm. and it really is catchy. Yeah. Um, I like the song a lot actually and then the breakdown hits and I like it even more. Yeah, no, the breakdown was gnarly. I, the th- only complaint I really have with voices in my head is it feels like they're falling in reverse is kind of falling into a, the same formula. It this song sounds very similar to that of Zombified, as well as the single they had put out right before, like a couple months before. Mm-hmm. So it feels like it's kind of just the same formula. Uh, Popular Monster, yeah, is it feels like they're just kind of they're like, okay, this is the formula we got, and we're running with it, and they haven't deviated much from that. Where it's kind of like you know, the kind of rappy verses sing you know sung choruses this build up into a breakdown they do the breakdown they do the singy chorus and then they end the song so that's only my really big complaint but yeah they they definitely definitely catchy they've definitely found their formula Mm -hmm. um i do hope that they break it up because i don't i don't dislike this by any means it's just one of those that like for hearing an entire record full with this there's going to be some monotony that happens it, it, it's going to be the kind of listeners fatigue and it's going to kind of hit really fast for sure uh talk about behemoth let's do it so behemoth oh my god the the fact that i had seen behemoth is dropping new songs has just got me amped uh it's called of my herculean exile 
bro behemoth doing the thing yeah so it's just more of behemoth leaning into this very symphonic black metal sound Mm -hmm. that they they've just really created i've said it before but the satanist which is their album from 2013 is i think it's 2013 that sounds right i believe so um it's one of my favorite albums of all time uh i i love that album Mm -hmm. to death i can listen to it front to back without any single issue whatsoever yeah uh this just feels like an additional continuation after after that um after the satanist we had i loved you at your darkest which came out in 2018 mm-hmm. i got to be off, i got to be off on that 2013 let me i'll i'll pull up yeah. just keep talking so they came out with i loved you at your darkest which really kind of was more of a a beautiful uh black metal experience mm-hmm. um kind of akin to uh what you had said the uh the uh, the fit for an autopsy record was where it was kind of like a beautiful experience for deathcore. Yeah, Th- that's basically what I loved you at your darkest was for black metal. Okay, uh, Satanist was twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So yeah. Uh. And then I loved you at your darkest came out in twenty eighteen. Now we're going to be getting uh this new album, which uh, I'm totally blanking on at this point. <laughs> the album art for it's so sick yeah the uh the album is going to be uh opus contra nat- naturam naturam i don't know i don't i don't know how to speak latin yeah yeah the, the, nonetheless um the song itself is super cool i can't really wait to uh hear more what what they do it looks like it's just gonna be more apocalyptic black metal nonsense that i love from them mm-hmm. and uh yeah I, I i truly can't wait for it yeah no it, it's gonna be good uh we're gonna we're gonna kind of you know slow it down a little bit in style, but a uh, little bit of similarity. Kardashev dropped a new song titled "Glass Phantoms." Uh, really quick preface: I actually talked about uh, this YouTuber during the Whitechapel episode, Cardavox Academy. Mark, the guy who is the main focus, he's actually the vocalist of Kardashev, and. Getting to actually hear a song where he's performing vocals as opposed to just kind of reacting to them was he really sick. Puts his money where his mouth is in this mm-hmm. one. It is impressive what he can do. Yeah, and he sticks a lot in the kind of higher register for screaming, but when he kind of comes into this, he does this like mid shout kind of scream, and it. it is really really cool. My favorite part of the song, and I just can't get enough of, is right after this kind of slow solo, as you hear Mark and he says, give me back my mind. And you, you, the way it's layered is he's got he's clean, got a layer of the clean singing as well as a scream under mm-hmm. it. And it's beautiful. There, There's no other way to put it other than it's just beautiful to hear. And there was that one, the first time I heard it, I was like, I have to backtrack it. I started <laughs> started that section over. I'm like, bro, stop making me feel things. <laughs> it, it was fantastic. So I'm excited for their new record. They're actually on Metal Blade. Okay. Good so, to know. Good, you know, congrats to those guys because it was actually a recent signing. Very cool. Uh, and the last uh, single that we're going to be covering today, we finally got through them all, is going to be the new Miss May I single called Bleed Together. Um, so I'm going to come out right first and say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's produced well. It's produced by Will Putney, and Will Putney is God. Yeah. So here we are with this wonderful thing that Will Putney has produced. <laughs> that being said, the song is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I It's not a secret. I'm not really a big Miss May I fan. They've always kind of been just that generic metal core for me. Yeah. Um, 
the song was fine. Like it was riffy. It got chuggy. Yep. Um, vocally, it was a little off for me, um, and that's just because I'm not really a big fan of his vocals. Yeah. And the the only real complaint I have vocally is I feel like some of the vocal melodies seemed like weirdly timed, especially mm. in the beginning. I agree with you. Um, the one of the things that I never really realized about Miss May I is they've always felt a lot more like the early uh, metalcore. So like kind of along the lines of like the Azalea Dyings and the August Burns Reds, where it's kind of that mm-hmm. early metalcore, but they've always had that Vans Warp Tour aspect kind of sprinkled in. Very much so, yeah. Um, I, it was with this song that they announced their record, Curse of Existence, so I'm super excited about that, but it was a different song on the record that they had played when I saw them for the All That Remains show, mm-hmm. and I'm excited about the record personally, and I, I know it, that's just because it's you and I difference of opinion on the band. Very true. With that, though, um, we didn't really have any... Yeah, that was a lot of singles, yeah. so appreciate you bearing with us. Uh, we didn't notice any EPs that popped up um, of recent... That at least that that we got a chance to really mm-hmm. take a listen to. I'm certain that there were some. I'm certain that I even listened to some of them, and I'm just forgetting them. Nonetheless, we'll just move straight into the albums. Yep. Um, I'm just going to do this one real quick as a precursor. Uh, Sabaton released the symphonic version of their War to End All Wars album. Uh, phenomenal. It, yeah. It's basically, literally, it's just a symphonic version of all of the songs that came out on the album. It's all uh, uh, composed and written by... Uh, Joachim and a couple mm-hmm. of the other guys in the band. Phenomenal. If your fancy is just going to get tickled by uh, just symphonic melodies, they do. They started doing this on a lot of the recent albums. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. It's, eight out it's of eight. kind <laughs> of bone chilling in, yeah. in some ways. It, it's fantastic. If you listen to the War to End All Wars, listen to this it, at least once. It's, yes. it's really cool. Once again, the uh, Lady of the Dark is, is still like one of my favorite songs. Oh, that song's song just so just good. Stupid good. Um, and now I'm going to backhand this with a really low one. The Three Days Grace album came out, and oh, uh, fun fact, it sucks. <laughs> Matt, did you listen to this record? Uh, I got to. Hold on. I'm, I'm actually pulling up the actual. Uh, so the album's name is Explosions. <laughs> I got to. I think I finished A Scar is Born, which is I'll be completely honest. I had absolutely zero expectation that you would listen to this. So I'm actually curious to what you're going to say. So, okay. So... <laughs> Because I, I remember you talked about the Three Days Grace record to it, at some point before, and I think you had clarified it was a single that you had talked about. Um, so-called Life, I was like, okay, this is like fine. It's pretty generic rock. Um, I'm the Weapon, I don't really remember. Neurotic, don't really remember. Lifetime was really where I started being like, okay, not really vibing. Uh, yeah, I think it was A Scar is Born. I think I got partway through it and I just turned it off. I'm like, this, what it sounds like is Three Days Grace is trying to sound like when Adam Gontier was the vocalist of the band. They're trying to bring back some of that, but also still trying to sound like this new era of Three Days Grace. And it just was hot garbage. Please throw it in the garbage. They really should have just named it My Darkest Days (laughs) 2.0. My Darkest Grace. Ooh. Ooh. Three. It's so bad it might as well be good. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on from that. <laughs> three dark yeah, my three uh, just darkest stop days. For yeah. the g- stop. 
Go ahead, Matt. So we'll we'll just kind of just get the garbage out of the way still. Um, Upon a Burning Body uh, dropped the album Fury. I don't know that I put it in garbage. I I don't know that I put it in good. But I I, 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 I guess, yeah, it. I'll, I'll backtrack my statement. I mean, we, we just talked about three days grace here. So yeah, no, <laughs> that's, that, that's a really low bar. <laughs> now, here's the question. Three days grace or escape the fate? Which bar's lower? Ooh. Escape the fate. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so I get. I, I shouldn't say this album was garbage. Uh, when you start an album with a... I'm I'm hooked. I'm like, okay, so this this is sick. Uh, so a new responsibility made me very much think that Upon a Burning Body was coming back and we were going to see them heavier than they had ever been. Uh, then we got to Meltdown. And it got to a point where... And as as we we all know here on the podcast i definitely prefer all that remains between the two of us what this record sounded like was upon a burning body trying to be a cheap knockoff of all that remains but they were like the wish.com of the wish.com version of all that remains <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I turned it off by the end of Kill the Ego. I, I couldn't do it. That's fair. Yeah, it, it wasn't great by any means. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on. It From what it looks like, it looks like Danny Lail, um, who's the, the vocalist mm-hmm. for it. It looks like it became a born-again Christian. Um, it, he posted a... Uh, I remember uh, you told about me about him getting that. baptized. Yeah. So I'm not really 100% sure what's going on there, but it feels like that's kind of leaked into the music a bit. Mm-hmm. Because the way that I always remembered Upon a Burning Body, they were basically kind of like the um, the Wish.com version of Attila. Um, I could see that. Kind of like back when they were doing like their like Pride of Mexico kind of stuff. Yeah, they were. Um, they very much had they, this. They, and they're from Texas, right? Yeah. And it was. Um, I. I d- I laugh about this, just kind of how how we had described it, and they were they were very, you know, they were you always saw them and they were dressed up in suits, they like full like dress up nice. They had um, they their kind of second started album was I think literally titled Red White Red, Red White, White and Green. Green. Yeah, they they basically were like the kind of forefront of the clean as the new scene. Yeah, <laughs> where it's just like these super clean cut guys with neck tattoos and gauges yep. and everything like that, but. Yeah, so um, th- th- there's definitely been a shift. I honestly, I haven't listened to anything in them since like probably a 20- 2013, 2014 in there. I think 2016 was the last time, and that was the first time Upon a Burning Body had introduced clean vocals into their yeah, which, uh, yeah. second release, but that's nitpicking. I I don't... Yeah, I don't really have much to say on it. I don't hate it by any means. It's just, it's not great. Like, if I'm giving this a rating, it's probably going to be at a three, maybe four. Yeah, that's a, that's about the same as as I'd put it. Um, let, This record was actually really cool, the one that um, we're going to jump right into. Ibaraki. Mm-hmm. Um, and I let me actually pull up the name of the album so I can attempt to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> um, it's Rashomon. Um, it sounds like the name of a Digimon. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I'm hate you sorry. so much, Matt. Um, so Ibaraki is Matt Hafey and and, and uh, Isan from Emperor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Hafey from Trivium, obviously, and uh, Isan is the world-renowned black metal. Uh, musician and, and composer 
uh, from Emperor. And then you said Alex Bent was on drums. Yes, Alex Bent is doing drums. Uh, Paolo features on uh, one of the one or two of the tracks, um, just as kind of like filler stuff. And yeah, but but, but, but really and truly, this is the brainchild of Isan and of of Matt Hafey. Mm-hmm. This album is phenomenal. This album's super cool. I think. Um, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Nurgle made an appearance on one of the songs. Nurgle did make an appearance uh, from Behemoth. He sounded he sounded cool on the song. The most impressive one by far, though, was the song featuring Gerard Way. So of My oh, Chemical Romance. Yeah, that was <laughs> I was when I had seen that it was Gerard Way. He, this dude sounded like a demon. Yeah, I was terrified. Gerard Way went cult, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have never heard him sound like that, and it was it, it was it, it's easily my favorite track on the record. Yeah, yeah. But that being said, like the whole album is full, filled with just very nuanced and and interesting instrumentals, and mm-hmm. it, it it's really just a listening experience. Yeah, you have to listen to this record three or four times to really capture it. You have to listen to it with the lyrics. You have to listen to it without the lyrics. You have to listen to it focusing on each individual instrument. It's just there's so much to unpack in this record, a, and it a truly very, is a, a, an album ten years in the making. Yeah, and it's a it's a very like almost classical Japanese sounding music, but it's also like like this classical Japanese sound mixed with modern metal, and it's this beautiful baby that we 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 get to listen to it is isan approved uh, what's it called black gaze Mm -hmm. basically like it is approved by a black metal musician one of the most respected in the world and it's basically what zeal and ardor have been doing or uh death haven't been doing that was that was a wild right so like it's all that kind of stuff that they're Mm -hmm. combining they're combining all of these different things and really putting it together into this one compositional masterpiece yeah so highly recommend this album It, it is phenomenal what's your record rating i this one i would actually put just based off of preliminary listens, I'd put it at a five right now. Um, it is very subject to change be- just for going back. I've only listened to the record once all the way through. Um, so that's that's the reason it's as low as it is. But there's a lot more that I plan to come back with on this one. Well, my man Boner from Matt Hafey says eight out of eight, as always. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, uh, Silverstein dropped a new album. Uh, okay. What do you got? What do you got here? Mike Karanica. Bro. Bro. <laughs> so it's no secret I love the Devorous product. What? I'm listening, so I'm listening to the record, and I'm playing, playing some games as I'm listening to it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, hold on. And I kind of I, I stopped doing anything. Like, that was Mike. Backtrack. I, I go and I pull it up. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's Mike Kranica. And I back up the song and I was all <laughs> my boy. Uh Mike doing Mike things. Yeah, uh, so th- this this record was really interesting um in comparison with previous records that Silverstein has done. Mm-hmm. I don't think that like if you're a diehard Silverstein fan, I don't really think that you're, you're gonna really enjoy this album. But I feel like they're going the direction that like um, Bad Omens has gone mm-hmm. or uh, I Prevail has gone. I was very surprised because I I didn't re- the, it, kind of similar to My Chemical Romance. I didn't really grow up with that much Silverstein. I grew up with a lot of Silverstein. Okay, 
So I, it sounded a lot more pop punk than I would have expected. I was going to expect a little bit more of like the post hardcore as opposed to pop punk. Mm -hmm. So that kind of threw me for a loop. But once it got a little bit later into the record is the post hardcore started kind of bleeding through a little bit more, but it was still very pop punk esque. And I thought it was kind of a cool blend. It just kind of melded together and i i didn't give it enough of a listen but i don't know that i would actively come back to this one a lot i i'm a little hot and cold on this one i haven't quite figured out how i feel the fan side of me of silverstein doesn't particularly like this as a silverstein record fair the just rest of me does like the record mm-hmm. just not as a silverstein record okay i feel like it kind of takes not to the as severe of a degree, but like the A Day to Remember record. I, I remember mentioning oh, that yeah. as being, if this wasn't A Day to Remember, I wouldn't hate this record as badly. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this takes that to a lesser degree, whereas as a Silverstein record, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but as a just a by itself kind of record, it takes on those feelings of like I Prevail mm-hmm. and Palisades and those kind of yeah, bands that that's fair. really kind of have this like, more modern progressive metalcore kind of sound to mm-hmm. it with just the the edge that metalcore brings right um your uh your more kind of like radio rock kind of stuff from architects would be like another example yeah yeah that's fair <clears throat> uh, moving on here second to last we have jungle rot with a call to arms uh, so it's not really been a secret. I have been obsessed with these dudes since, uh, yes. since really the beginning of the year. Um, they're going to be coming here, uh, next week, week and a half from now. Ooh. Uh, so I'm going to be seeing that. Ayo. It's going to be great. What'd you think of this record, Matt? I was super digging it. I will very much be coming back to that record. I, I, my transformation into the deathcore boy that I always wanted to be continues to happen, and I continue to fall down the like death metal slam grind kind of rabbit hole. So, like, bring 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 it to me. I'm just slowly easing you into being the Nile fanboy that I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting you there. I got you. Got you were listening to Cattle Decap the other week. I was. I and was. Now listening. I got you listening in here. Yep. It's only a matter of time before I get you down the the just into the the gallows that is Nile. <laughs> I I will be returning to the Jungle Rot record. I I wasn't able to listen to that much of it. I was actually I think in the middle of listening to the Jungle Rot record, and then I was called into work today. Um, so I've got. I think the back half of the record I still need to finish, but from what I've heard so far, I'm into it. Yeah, like th- there really isn't a bad song on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's easily a solid six for me at this point in time. Okay, I plan on returning to it. I I there's not really anything by Jungle Raw that I don't like okay. to begin with. I'm not a huge fan of their earlier stuff solely for the fact that it's just sound quality. That's there's fair. nothing wrong with it musically or talent wise or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's purely sonic preference. Yeah. No, I completely understand that. And last. Finally. Not least, though. Not no. least in the slightest. Earth Eater has dropped an album. Uh, I don't have the name of it, but I can. <laughs> Doo-doo. Yeah, no, I've, I've got it here somewhere, too. <laughs> Infinite Ruin. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> this one was... 
kind of saucy. So I'll be completely honest. I never heard of these guys before. They just happen to pop up on my new releases on, oh, okay. on Apple Music. And I'm like, hmm, Earth Eater. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I'll throw it on the list. We'll take a listen. And then like the last three weeks happened. And I just, I finally started listening to it the other day because I forgot that it was on there. Right. And I was just like, yo, this is nasty. This is, it was sick. This is, this is saucy. I think I had gotten all the way through this record actually before we started recording. It's heavy. And I do like me some heavy. Yeah. It's it's just kind of like another solid band in the uh, kind of your your beat down deathcore kind of stuff that's yeah. that's just happening all over the place right now. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know what it is about deathcore right now, but it's like people people are drinking something, just some sort something of water is happening in the air. I don't know. NASA said space is giving off a weird vibe. Gas is expensive. I don't know what's going on, but th- there is something happening in the, in deathcore and beatdown and hardcore right now that is just phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. we have just band after band, <laughs> song after song that is just straight banger after banger. Bitter Bliss, Lorna Shore, Earth Eater, Snake Jungle Father, Rock. Left to Suffer, Traitors, like all of these bands are just mm-hmm. doing such cool things. And yeah. It, it's, it's a cool time to be a deathcore fan right now. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> it, it It's honestly... Even to kind of widen that out is it's kind of just cool to be a metal fan right now. Very true. Um, now there there are obviously the the kind of stinkers, but there's there's just so much gas coming out. It's it's insane. I I don't know how much my body can take, but I'm gonna find out somehow, some way. Yeah. <laughs> but that is finally all of the new music that we're gonna cover today. <gasps> It was a lot. There was so much more, I'm sure. Oh, like, okay, we, yeah. We, we have missed a solid chunk of stuff. but Like, I just found out Christina Aguilera dropped an EP, so guess what I'm going to do? Yeah, be like I said, I didn't to. care about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, but before we close out, what we do like to do is move into the hidden track, where we like to talk about something outside of the, the realm of, uh, of music. Or sometimes in the realm. I don't It doesn't really matter. It's just something outside of what we talked about on the yeah. podcast. Matt, what do you got for us this week? Dude, there's so much. Give me one uh, Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> um, as soon as I get home, I'm gonna be watching. Uh, as of the day of recording yesterday, the uh, third episode, episode. Thir- three came out. Bro, I have not been hype. Spoiler, on... spoiler alerts. Just in case I, anybody I'm, doesn't want to hear anything, I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to say anything about like what's actually happened to the show. But I have never been so excited about anything Star Wars related in a long time. And Kenobi has hit, just satiated that itch. It It is so wonderful. Ewan McGregor has aged like a fine, fine wine. He's... I... I, I want to be Ewan McGregor when I grow up. <laughs> he, he just seems like a beautiful human being, and I just... I can't get enough of him. Absolutely. It was, it's so wonderful. What do you got? Uh... I did Comic Con this last weekend. Yeah, you also kind of. did. I you, did. Yeah, you, you were there for one day, and mm-hmm. I I did better on both of my days. <laughs> but, <laughs> fair, uh, fair. Just a full disclosure, Matt and I. Um, we, well, I used to work for the the store that Matt works for now, but uh, Matt works for a local game shop called Authoria Games here, and uh, they had a, a booth at Comic Con. So Matt was there on Friday. I was there on Saturday mm-hmm. and Sunday, just helping out manage the uh, droves of people, and um, it was a really cool. 
fun experience like yeah. it was the first one that happened in three years so it yeah. was kind of just everybody kind of getting that just feeling of uh, of moving back into this just kind of normalcy i guess mm-hmm. it, like obviously nothing is normal nothing ever will be again no. but it just felt kind of nice to have at least a little bit of touch of something like that and so everybody being excited to be around all the different fandoms and all of these uh just wonderful artists and wonderful vendors in the same place it was just it was a nice time yeah uh, a couple of the celebrities that were there, like John DiMaggio was there. I think yep. Patrick Warburton was there. Mm-hmm. Chuck Norris yeah. was there. Chuck Norris uh, was there. There was a lot of really cool f- um, f- celebrities that were there. Yeah, I got to meet Derek Riggs, uh, who was the really. Uh, yeah, he was the uh, original Iron Maiden artist for. Um, uh, it was basically their original, their their first uh, self titled Iron Maiden album, uh, all the way up until. It wasn't Power Slave. It was something after. It was the the record that came out before Fear of the Dark. Okay. Um. So it was like that first like eight or nine records. Um. He did all the artwork for him. So I have um. He signed a, a Power Slave uh, print for me, and I've That's got that cool. that I'm gonna be framing up in my music room. And it was super cool to meet him. He's just this old British dude to having a argument with his wife. And when I was there, she gave away his cannoli, and he's like. He, he, I'm not gonna do his his accent, but he's just like you're giving away me breakfast in it, and he's like <laughs> it was like this super British bickering that they were doing and it was fantastic and i loved it dude i love that but that is gonna do it for us today we do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us and we appreciate you uh, being patient with us while matt's roommate decided to do dumb things and matt decided to do dumb thing about living with him or something i don't know yeah some, something like that <laughs> you can find us on a variety of social medias you can find us on instagram facebook twitter uh, not twitter jeez um, I mean, Honest, technically on Twitch, but uh, yeah. we haven't done anything with that whatsoever. We haven't done anything with anything. Um, but we're also on YouTube and uh, TikTok. You can also uh, just like, rate, subscribe to us on any of the listening platforms that you listen to us on. We would greatly appreciate that and greatly appreciate you telling your friends about us. Next week, we'll be talking about some other band in great detail. And uh, until then, we will see you later. Catch you in the next one.